Side Hustle Show 257, Affiliate Marketing for Bloggers, how Michelle makes 50 grand a month selling other people's products. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. Awesome show for you today, all about affiliate marketing with one of the best and brightest affiliate marketers out there. She's pulling in consistent $50,000 months as an affiliate, primarily through her blog, but also through her email list and social channels. Of course, I'm excited to welcome Michelle Schroeder-Gardner from makingsenseofsense.com to the program. Affiliate marketing, a quick definition for you. This is my definition, one you probably won't find in Webster's. It's helping other companies sell their product or service in exchange for a commission. That was the way my original side hustle made money. Uh, the shoe business, Zappos and Amazon and these other shoe stores would pay me for sending customers their way. And it's really where the bulk of my income has come from over the last decade. Now, Michelle started her side hustle journey in 2011, trying to get out of student debt. Today, she's a full-time blogger and takes advantage of the location-independent lifestyle by actually traveling full-time in an RV with her husband and two dogs. I was going to say kids, but two dogs. In this episode, Michelle's going to share how she finds the right affiliate products to uh, promote and how she does it in a non-slimy way, her favorite tools and resources, and some legal requirements to be aware of to make sure you're in compliance. Notes, links, and a free downloadable PDF highlight reel with all of Michelle's top tips from this episode are at SideHustleNation.com slash Michelle. As you're growing your side hustle, there's a tool you're going to want in your toolbox, and that's FreshBooks. FreshBooks.com is the affordable small business accounting solution built specifically for side hustlers and freelancers. I'd like to thank FreshBooks for sponsoring today's show and really for being a longtime partner of the Side Hustle Show. I've been a customer for years. Invoicing and time tracking is built right in, so when it's time to get paid, think FreshBooks. And as a Side Hustle Show listener, they're hooking you up with a 30-day completely free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Michelle after the interview. And we're going to kick this thing off with the story of how she's earned over $400,000 from a single blog post. Ready? Let's do it. The $300,000 blog post is a blog post on Making Sense of Sense that just teaches people how to start a blog. As a little background on that, I get a lot of questions about making money blogging because I just happened to stumble into it. In the summer of 2011, I started Making Sense of Sense with the aim of teaching people how to save money, as well as the main reason was so that I could talk about my own personal finance journey. I became super interested in the personal finance world after reading a magazine, Cosmopolitan, and they featured a personal finance website in their magazine, and I decided I wanted to start my own personal finance blog. This is super funny because I didn't know what blogs were at the time, really. I just thought, oh, this person's talking about their money. I didn't know that they could make money. I literally did not know that you could make money with a blog. In the beginning of starting Making Sense of Sense, I was actually talking about how I needed to find a side hustle. Okay, okay. Because I wanted to pay off my student loans. And I was talking about all these different things in blog posts and about like, oh, I need to like find items to sell. I need to find items to flip. I need to start mystery shopping more. Maybe I'll become a nanny to make extra money to pay off my student loans. Pretty much anything except for blogging because I did not realize that a blogger could make money. So I'm on my blog talking about how I need to make extra money. Blogging never once came up, never was a thought in my mind at all, which is super weird. And eventually I started making money around six months after I started my blog. I made my first hundred dollars through a sponsored post on Making Sense of Sense. Okay. And after that, it became super addicting. After one year starting my blog, I finally switched to WordPress and I started taking Making Sense of Sense more seriously. I realized, oh, I could turn this into a side hustle. 
So it was my side hustle for about a year and a half after I realized I could make that $100. And I became a full-time blogger two years after I started. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So due to my story and the fact that I talk about side hustling a ton on Making Sense of Sense, it's only natural that many of my readers are interested in starting a blog as well. Because they saw the fact that I came out of nowhere. I had no experience in blogging. I didn't know blogging existed. Due to that, I get a ton of reader questions about how to start a blog. So I decided to start a tutorial titled How to Start a WordPress Blog on Bluehost. And this actually came out around a year after I left my job to blog full time because there was hardly a day that passed where someone wasn't asking me, how do I start a blog? So eventually I started a tutorial because it's easier just to have it all in a tutorial step by step for all of my readers to look at. And I think... I've actually made over $400,000 from this tutorial now. Wow. It's super easy because, like I said, my whole blog in the beginning was about side hustling. So it all started from there. (laughs) $400,000 from one blog post. That's like generational wealth. That's like work 30 years, pay off your mortgage. It's like a house. That's nuts. And it's an example of turning your listener or your reader questions, rather, into content, giving the people what they want. And I think that's a, a very inspiring story. Now, at the time you went full-time, this was a year before that post even existed. So what was bringing the cash register on the site for you at that time? So at that time, I wasn't really making anything through affiliate marketing, which is really funny because that's like the main way I make money now. But no, back then I did a lot of freelancing. I was a social media manager for a few websites. I was a staff writer for several websites. I did a lot of sponsored posts, sponsored partnerships with companies, and a little bit of display advertising. Oh, okay. Okay. Was the was the How to Start a Blog affiliate post like the first big push into affiliate marketing? Yes, that's the first big push I did. Okay. Let's say I've got a blog. It's the, the Bluehost one is like the easy one. That's like the meta one that everybody makes fun of. Let's say your audience doesn't care about starting a blog at all. Like, Where do you go to try and figure out the right products to to promote. What I recommend is that you don't just look to see who offers the highest commission. So a lot of people will see like, oh, I promote Bluehost. So they'll do the same thing too. But I mean, your audience isn't going to be the same as mine. So my top tip is that you are relevant. You need to put yourself in your audience's shoes and think about what they exactly want. So this is extremely important. You want to see what they want. You might want to survey them and see what kind of products they want you to talk about. If there's a reader question that comes up a lot, see if there's like a product that would help solve their problem. Whatever topics your audience likes to read about, definitely like dig into your Google Analytics, see what brings the most visitors to your website. Just really solve a problem for your readers with a specific product. You have an example of that outside of the Bluehost world? A lot of travel bloggers will come up to me and they'll say, like, I don't know what to promote on my blog or whatever. Like, I don't want to talk about blogging. A good product would be like travel insurance. A really good company for that is called World Nomads. Travel insurance is super important. A lot of travel bloggers, for some reason, don't talk about it. There's a lot of really great travel insurance affiliate programs out there. So that's one that I would promote all the time if I was a travel blogger. Amazon is really great too. If you run pretty much any type of blog, there's probably something on Amazon you could promote. If you have a blog, I mean, I'm sure there's something you've talked about, a book. People in the RV world like to talk about the Instapot. Okay. (laughs) You could talk about that. There's like tons of things you could talk about. Yeah, the list is never ending. Okay, which would be an example of linking to a product on Amazon. Yeah. Like this is going to save you time cooking and it doesn't take up much space. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I'm thinking about the audience survey results that I've got from this this winter, this spring, the last time we ran the survey. And it's always like time, money, and ideas are kind of the, the big three 
challenges that that come up over and over again. So it's like I can try to find products or services related to saving people time, earning people more money. Of course, that's like what the whole show is about. And then ideas like products or services related to coming up with that business idea or showing people along that path. And then the other, the fourth thing, which I'm excited to see is like, as people have grown and now have followed along for years, is the, I need to grow my business. It's like, I've got the idea. I just need more traffic. I need more customers. And so products and services that are in alignment with those needs. So I like that idea of kind of surveying the audience and even diving into the analytics to figure out what's already resonating. And this is an exercise that I'm going through this month of looking for I'll call them like high opportunity posts, posts that are already getting traffic, posts that are already showing up in Google, but aren't necessarily monetized. Some of them don't really lend themselves well to that, but there's an opportunity there to play around or like interlink to other posts that do, you know, to just funnel the traffic around. Like, did you find anything in your analytics that were, you know, people were looking for mystery shopping or they're looking for other side hustle things and you were able to figure out offers for those? The main thing I like to do with my Google Analytics is that I like to look at my top 10 blog posts. So I call it the improving your top 10 is what I tell everyone to do. So look at your top 10 blog posts and see how you could promote something in that blog post because you already know it's doing really well, but how are you going to monetize it? So I ask that you go through your top 10, add an affiliate link or two. Maybe you don't want to do it to all of them, do it to half of them. Your top 10 blog posts probably drive the majority of the traffic to your website. So you want to improve these so that they are your best possible blog posts. And that includes adding related and relevant affiliate links to them so you can monetize them. So for me, I will go into my top 10 in Google Analytics. I like to say I try to do it once a month. Sometimes I forget. I probably haven't done it in a few months. Um, I like to do it as often as I can because that top 10 does slightly change every now and then. And I like to read through the blog post again. I like to read through the comments and see what people say. Solve their problems is definitely what I always recommend. But a lot of the times in comments, people will ask me what I think of a specific product. And it might not have been something that I've ever talked about before, but it's somewhat related to the blog post. I might turn that into a whole review of its own. And that's how I get a lot of my ideas from readers. And I think that's a great way to review a product as well, because it might be something I know nothing about, but it's a great way to get in front of my audience. If one audience member has a question about it, I'm sure there's probably tons of other people who are wondering the same thing. Okay. And those review posts can do well because they'll reach people kind of in the decision-making point in their buying cycle. If they're looking for product name review or certain service review in Google, like they're, they're looking for somebody's opinion. Somebody wants, they're on the fence. They want somebody to convince them. And that, and that person could be you and collect a commission for that, uh, for that service. Yeah, exactly. And most products have affiliate programs. So it's pretty rare to find a product that doesn't. So it's really easy to promote what is relevant to your audience because there's almost always an affiliate program. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor Taylor Brands is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. 
Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. Going back to the top 10 thing, is there anything specific that you do to like optimize conversions on those page? Are you doing big call out boxes or buttons or images or something? Like I'm just kind of curious what that process looks like. (laughs) I am not like the showy in your face type of person on making sense of sense. Everything's very natural. Some of the things I do is I love the tool Pretty Link. As you might know, most affiliate links look kind of scary. They might be like the longest thing ever. They might be like 100 letters long sometimes. Dot com slash ZZZ affiliate code. Like it's super long and it's kind of scary and jumbled looking. People don't usually like to click on those. Sometimes it looks like spam. Sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. So I always recommend using a pretty link to make it look a little bit prettier, nicer, a little bit more professional. And this would just be like making sense of sense.com slash Bluehost. Yeah, exactly. Or another product I promote is Swagbucks. So it's making sense of sense.com slash Swagbucks. So I usually try to make it really easy like that. And I also do that because like if I'm in this podcast and there's an affiliate link I want to mention, I can easily say what it is without trying to look it up. Right. And I also use pretty link for like landing pages. Like I have a free how to start a blog course. It's just called making slash free course. Okay. It's super easy to remember that way. Yeah. So that's another reason why I love it. Not just for affiliate links, also for landing pages. And it's really easy. So whenever a reader emails me, I can easily just enter it there. I don't have to look it up. So there's a lot of great pluses of Pretty Link. Okay. And it's free. Yeah, it's free. Like at least I'm on the free version. Do you have the premium version? I'm on the premium version just to test it out. But honestly, there's not that much of a difference. So I'd recommend the free version. I've been like using it for years for free. There's like 800 and something links in there. I'm curious. I don't know what the premium version does that the free version doesn't. So I don't know. I'm sure you'll write a review and an affiliate link it up. <laughs> Honestly, the free version is fine. So I really don't know what the premium version does either. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there's an opportunity for the trust building affiliate post. You can still write the review post and be like, honestly, you're fine with the free version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I still promote it to everyone. So because the free is just as good. I don't get paid anything to mention the free one. Yeah. One thing that I've been playing around with and actually kind of picked this up at FinCon was like, if you have this monster post of like, you know, here's a hundred things you can do. One of my best performing affiliate posts is like the 134 best Udemy courses for entrepreneurs, freelancers, and side hustlers. And it did really well the first year. But when I updated it to include like the top 10, it's like, dude, 134 ways or 134 different courses, like it's overwhelming. And so I boiled down, here's the top 10. These were the most popular last year. And so put those in a little call out section at the top and did even better in the second round. Have you done, I don't know, ever played around with something similar, like to optimize those placements or those links? So I do add a call to action to pretty much every affiliate like review or any blog post that's very specific to a a specific affiliate product. I do add a call to action. So I will say 
click here to learn more about XYZ product or head on over to so-and-so website to purchase. I feel like creating a specific call to action like that can lead to more signups. A lot of people just don't even see it. So sometimes you just have to be blunt about it. A good call to action is extremely important. Will you use that exact like text in the link, like click here to go check out product, blah, blah, blah? Yes, I do. And I okay. I will do it usually in the beginning, middle, and the end. I feel like three times is really good. Any more than that, you're just kind of being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like a hundred different links throughout the post. Okay. Yeah. I've seen some people do that and that's just too much. Seems like an advertisement too much like that. People don't want to be sold to. They want to be taught to. Yeah. Well, speaking of the selling versus talking to, does the average, I mean, does the average reader pick up on this stuff? Is there a risk of, you know, if you've never monetized your site before or is it like, oh my gosh, are my readers going to think like I'm a sellout now because now I have these affiliate links or are they even going to notice? There's definitely a right way to approach affiliate marketing. There's definitely a wrong way. And that's why I have making sense of affiliate marketing because I've seen so many people do it the wrong way. So many people think like, oh, I can just slap this affiliate link on my blog and it'll earn me money. And then when it doesn't earn them money, they just think, oh, affiliate marketing is all wrong. It's not actually real. No, there's definitely a wrong way and a right way. And the right way is to build trust with your audience. You don't want to be seen as a sellout. You should be catering to exactly what your readers want and what products you actually believe in. And this is super important. So I think this is key. If you are catering to your audience's needs and you believe in the product as well, that's a great way to build trust with your audience. It would be hard to be seen as a sellout if you were thinking about both sides of the equation. The key here is to think about quality, not quantity. A lot of people think, oh, I will just pump out an affiliate review blog post once a week and like that'll that's all I need to do and I'll earn tons of affiliate income that way. Yeah. No, it's about quality. You want like a high quality blog post. You want to help your readers engage with your readers, respond to their questions about that affiliate product or the process that you're trying to explain to them. It's a lot about quality. Well, it's all about quality. Yeah, well, this is something that that you do really well, that Pat Flynn does really well, where it's like, if I'm reading this, like, I understand these are affiliate links. And I've actually gone because they, I mean, they show so much. You guys both show so much your personality, like he comes through in the writing. Like I've gone out of my way to click on Pat's links, for example. And it's like, I know he doesn't need any more money, but like, I still do it. It's like, well, he's, he's helping yeah. me, out, you know, so go out and, and yeah. imagine it's the same for your readers. Yeah. What about finding different? So there's Commission Junction, there's Share a Sale, there's Rakuten, Linkshare, whatever it's called now, different affiliate networks. Do you start there or do you start with a product or a service like in mind and then just Google like product name affiliate program and seeing like what comes up or if they have like a little link in the footer of the page? Like how do you go about finding your programs? For me, I personally, since I'm already in affiliate marketing, I've already started promoting a ton of different products. If there's a new product that I'm interested in and I want to review on Making Sense of Sense, then I'll see if they have an affiliate program. And that's really easy to find. Usually you can just type in company name plus affiliate program. If that doesn't work, email someone at the company and ask if they have an affiliate program. Another way to find affiliate products to promote, if you're not sure what you want to promote, but you want like a list of ideas, sign up for a company like Commission Junction or Share a Sale. Those affiliate networks each probably have like a thousand or more products that you could possibly promote. And I'm sure there's something that every single blog topic could find something valuable to promote in. So there's a lot of ways to find affiliate programs. Another way would be to, if you have a blogging friend, ask them what affiliate programs they recommend. Yeah, you could spend some time on 
competitors' sites <laughs> and see what see what they've got going on. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious if all of the drama, maybe not drama is probably not the right word, but like all of the excitement over the FTC regulations on proper disclosure. It's like reading a bunch of legalese on what you it's kind of intimidating to figure out, well, is this, <laughs> is this enough disclosure? Is the little like link down in the footer good enough? Or do you have to like put it next to every link? Hey, this is a paid link. Or, hey, this is a, an affiliate link. What's What's your strategy on the disclosure front? Disclosing is super important. You definitely want to be doing that. When you start implementing an affiliate strategy, you definitely need to be mindful of the rules and requirements of promoting affiliate links and paid links in general. If you are receiving a commission, a referral credit, a free item from a company or something else, you definitely need to disclose that you have a working relationship with the company. The FTC has a link that tells you exactly what you need to do in relation to being an affiliate marketer and a blogger at the same time. It basically says you must disclose that there is a relationship between you and the company you're promoting. So one thing I do is whenever I have a blog post with an affiliate link in it, I say something at the very top, something like, I get commissions for purchases made through the links in this blog post. You can't just say affiliate link. A lot of people do that with a blog post. You cannot say that because a reader probably doesn't know what that means and they might not make the connection that you're trying to say that you have an affiliate link in there or a paid link. Oh, okay. Gosh, is that is that new? I need to go update my, <laughs> my disclosure. Yeah. A lot of people do not realize that. I see that all the time with really big websites. You cannot just say affiliate link as your disclosure, you have to say a whole sentence and you have to explain it a little bit further. And you also, another big important thing is that your disclosure and your affiliate link must be on the same page. So your readers shouldn't have to click around on your site in order to find the disclosure. Okay. So some people will say, I get commissions for purchases made through this links in this post. Please click here to read my full disclosure. That's fine. But you can't just say disclosure, just like how you can't just say affiliate link. That's not allowed. And another really important thing that I always like to tell people about because they don't realize it is that your disclosure cannot be below your affiliate link. It has to be above it. They have to read the disclosure before they see your affiliate link. If they have to hunt for the disclosure, then that's not good either. It has to be before it. And a lot of people will put it in their footer and that's actually not allowed. Okay. So you just put it, just kind of like embed it at the top of your post or it's kind of like part of the post meta. I embed it at the top. Okay. Because that way it's just always there. I'd never have to worry about it. And then the very last thing is that your disclosure has to stand out. You can't put it in a tinier font <laughs> where people need a magnifying glass. So what I like to do is I like to put it in caps lock at the beginning of my blog post. Sometimes people will bold it, they'll italicize it, or they'll even change the color to red. I do that on my recommendations page. It's big, italicized, and it's red. So you cannot miss it. Okay. Just whatever you can do so that no one misses it is really important. Yeah. When this is your livelihood, hey, want to be upfront about this and not risk any sort of like, hey, we're trying to fool people or, or something like that. All right. We'll link up the official FTC regulations and a, an example of what Michelle has got going on her site over at SideHustleNation.com slash Michelle for the show notes for this episode. Okay. We mentioned... The Pretty Link plugin, absolutely essential for anybody doing affiliate marketing on WordPress. The other tool that I like is the rel equals nofollow checkbox plugin, which just adds a little checkbox to your link building. Anytime you embed a link in WordPress, you can just check the box and says, hey, nofollow. Basically, I don't want to pass any SEO juice to this link because it's a paid link or it's an affiliate link. 
Any other tools, plugins that you like, must-haves? I'm really not a super techie person. Pretty Link's <laughs> pretty much all I use. If you don't like Pretty Link, there's another good one. I think it's called Thirsty Affiliates. So that one's a really good one too from what I've heard. Other than that, I really don't use anything specific to affiliate marketing. Everything's pretty natural and easy. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. We find most of the traffic that's coming to these affiliate monetized posts is coming from Google. Is it coming from Pinterest? Is it coming from your email list? Like where's, I mean, the monetization is one thing, like getting eyeballs there is probably the harder challenge. Yeah, my traffic's pretty well diversified. That's like something I'm always working on. Probably like 30 to 40% is Pinterest, about 30% is Facebook. And then the rest of that is a good mixture between like email list, direct traffic, and Google traffic. Really? 30% from Facebook? Yeah, I do really well on Facebook lately. <laughs> You're kind of a big deal. What's Well, tell me about the Facebook thing. Like, is that from your from your page, which supposedly doesn't have any organic reach anymore? Or is that through ads? People keep saying that Facebook has no reach or whatever, but I actually have my Facebook page is separate from my personal Facebook. I have a separate personal account that's attached to my Facebook page. So due to that, I can see exactly how my blog looks on my Michelle Schroeder Gardner Facebook page. And I'm still seeing Making Sense of Sense pop through there naturally, organically or whatever. So I don't know if it's completely disappeared from the feed because I'm still seeing it. And it's not that I'm the manager of Making Sense of Sense for my personal account. So okay. I do that so I can see exactly how my blog looks to readers. 
and it's still coming through. I'm still getting tons of likes and shares and comments and everything. My key thing is with my Facebook is that I engage, engage, engage. I am always responding back to my readers on Facebook. If they have a question, I answer it. If someone is telling me a win on Facebook, I respond back. I say congrats. And another thing I do on my Facebook, two important things are that I'm always sharing viral content from other people. A lot of people on Facebook will only share their own content. I don't do that. I share like everyone's content. If it's good, I'll share it on my Facebook page. Okay. And I think that's super important. And then the other thing I do on my Facebook page is that I'm not always sharing links on Facebook. Sometimes I will just ask my readers a question like, how did you save money today? Or what's your financial goal for November? Just simple questions like that really increase engagement with your readers on Facebook. And while it might not get you clicks to your website that time with that share, it brings the engagement to your page so that the algorithm is working more in your favor on Facebook. Yeah. So the next time you do share a link, more people are likely to see it. Here's, yeah. do you think we're crazy? Why would you make a hundred grand a month and live in an RV? Says this person, or this is a post. Of, yes. <laughs> of course, it helps that 81,000 people like the Making Sense of Sense page. So even if it's a small fraction of those people, it's a big number to start with. So that's that's a good place to be. I started my Facebook page, well, I started it years ago, but just January of 2016, I only had 6,000 Facebook followers. Okay. So just in the past less than two years, I'm at 81,000 now. A lot of it was due to engagement. Okay. You think that's what's growing it? Are you doing paid traffic from Facebook at all? I do a little bit. It's an area I definitely want to work on, but right now I'm just like slightly boosting posts that are doing well organically. I don't really have a method or... I don't analyze anything. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's surprising because Facebook, though I you know, have a fraction, I think I've paid, my page has like 10,000 likes, but I don't see hardly that traffic and I don't, I don't post to the page very often. Maybe I should do that a little bit more. You have to be consistent, yeah. Yeah. That's another good thing. Like if you're going to post on it, you need to start posting on it all the time, pretty much. And you said you had a separate login that manages it, not your personal Facebook page, or did you say you had an outsourced social manager? It's separate. I just have two Facebook accounts so that I can see how it looks on my personal Facebook account so that when I'm just naturally scrolling through my Facebook feed, I want to see how Making Sense of Sense pops up. So that's how I do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you do these, Rosemary called it the date your list strategy. So you drive traffic from Facebook, Pinterest, get them on the list, and then are you doing like heavy affiliate? Well, no, it was her core affiliate strategy. That's what she called it on the email front where it's like doing these launch type of email sequences for specific products. Like she mentioned the grocery budget makeover and she can't, she can't stop talking about this. Like this is the greatest product ever. <laughs> it makes her an awesome affiliate for it. Do you do something like that with the email subscribers? Yeah. So I'm pretty active with my email list. So I have an email list of around 65,000 and they are pretty used to getting emails from me. Like I will email them. Some people will say this is way too much and that I'm crazy and I might be annoying, <laughs> but <laughs> I email my list around two to three times a week. And I'm always talking to them whenever I have a new blog post that goes live, I will email them about it. And if I know that a big affiliate launch is coming, I might include like a little tiny tidbit about that affiliate product, why I love it. Like I said, I'm only ever promoting things that I love, that I use, that I know my readers enjoy. So it's natural for me to fit those into my email newsletters. So I do a little bit of that. I don't really do very many hard email launches, but I will do them like a few times a year. Okay. Yeah, two to three times a week. I have a, I have a hard time coming up with something to write one time a week. So that's that's pretty good. 
what's the email service provider? ConvertKit. Okay. Making sense of sense.com slash ConvertKit. That's my affiliate link. All right. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Michelle, this is awesome stuff. Thank you for, uh, for taking time to share. I'm curious, anything on the horizon trying to, to grow this thing? What, I mean, what's next? A quarter million a month? What's the next target? That would be nice. <laughs> I don't really set goals. I'm not like really good at analyzing and I don't like to have like a ton of pressure on myself. So for me, my main goal is to work on my work-life balance. So right now I'm trying to focus on outsourcing more, spending less time on the blogging business, but more time writing because writing is the part of making sense of sense that I love. So right now it's mainly just the work-life balance, working on that so I can spend more time RVing and enjoying life and, you know, all that good stuff. Well, that's interesting to hear because from the outside looking in, it's like, yeah, we RV full-time, we're living the dream. Tell me about the work-life balance. Like how many hours are you putting into the blog each week? I mean, it's definitely gotten better. Just like two years ago, I was probably working like 70 to 100 hours a week on making sense of sense. And work-life balance is definitely something I've been working on a lot lately. So now it's like anywhere from like 10 to 40 hours a week. It really just depends on the week. But I really like it when it's like 10 hours a week. (laughs) 10 hours a week is better. (laughs) Okay. Well, I would see your pictures. You're like off hiking some mountain and stuff. It's like, when is she writing these two to three emails and these like monster blog posts and stuff? But (laughs) I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) That's kind of rude to say. Like, I'm happy to hear you're working hard too. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And especially the part about like, you know, putting in the time 70 to 100 hours a week a few years ago, really to build this thing up to, to where it is today. Yeah, exactly. That's what I came home from FinCon realizing was I need about 18 more virtual assistants. And it's the time to build better systems and processes and delegate a little bit more and try and remove remove myself from some of these things that don't necessarily need my direct oversight, direct input. So um, lots of opportunities and ideas going on that front. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have any big takeaways from the conference? Definitely being more active with video. I'm thinking about starting like a YouTube channel maybe like for travels. Okay. And I definitely want to do like more... Facebook, like I've never done a Facebook live. So I want to start doing Facebook lives, just more video so that readers can feel like they know me more, you know, just be more open. Okay. Yeah. The Facebook live thing is, is an intimidating one, but that was a hot topic there. Lots of people say, Hey, live video is the future. Okay. (laughs) (sighs) Just another thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. You obviously know your stuff when it comes to blogging, when it comes to affiliate marketing. Makingsenseofsense.com is the blog, the website, and makingsenseofaffiliatemarketing.com is the course. I'll come up with a bonus offer to join that thing through my affiliate link if you would like to. And Michelle, thank you again. And let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Okay. So my number one tip It'll kind of be two. So with side hustling, I always like to tell people, if you know me, then you've probably heard me say this before, the average person watches over 34 hours of TV a week, which is like a crazy amount of time spent watching TV. So even if you can only cut that time in half, like say you just watch TV 15 hours and you use the extra 15 to 20 hours towards side hustling, you could use that to build a great side hustle business. And that could be a great way to start a blog, start affiliate marketing on your blog. I mean, the things I could do with an extra 15 to 20 hours a week would be amazing. And that goes along with, I want everyone to know that you can make money through affiliate income. If you have a blog, a platform, a social media account, you can do it in a non-salesy way. So many people are afraid of affiliate marketing because they think, They don't have a large enough platform and they're afraid of being too salesy. I've never had someone tell me I'm being too pushy 
And I started affiliate marketing just at around 50,000 monthly page views. And I was doing great then. And I was making a full-time income just through affiliate marketing back then. So you don't need a huge list. You don't need millions of page views a month. Anyone can start. So I just recommend everyone start as soon as they can. Well, that's awesome, Michelle. I'm a fan. Thank you for joining me. And we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you so much for having me. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks, the affordable small business accounting solution that's built specifically for entrepreneurs, freelancers, and side hustlers like us. In your business, you probably know the awkward or maybe exhilarating feeling of wearing all the hats from marketing to sales to accounting to content creation to customer support. And you just heard Michelle say she used to put in 70 to 100 hour work weeks and that she's working on the whole work-life balance thing. So where FreshBooks comes in is trying to take that accounting hat and make it fit a little bit more comfortably. So I've been a FreshBooks customer for years, and the main reason is they just make life easier. I can draw up a professional-looking invoice in under a minute, send it over, and get paid. In fact, just got paid last week. So if you haven't already, check out the freshly redesigned FreshBooks platform. They've gone through feature by feature to make it even more intuitive and easy to use. So in addition to invoicing, they've got time tracking and expense management tools built right in, and the handy FreshBooks mobile app works wherever you do. See how the all-new FreshBooks can save you time dealing with your paperwork so you can go out, spend more time making your hustle happen. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. All right, here are my top takeaways from this chat with Michelle. Number one, answer your audience's questions. The magic happens, I think, when you can play connector between your audience and a product or service that's going to help them, at least on the affiliate front. And yeah, we had to talk about the Bluehost thing, which just plays into the hand of, look, the only people making money blogging are the people talking about making money blogging. But we've seen lots of examples of bloggers monetizing in other niches, like Rosemary Groner talked about um, her substitution plan on her thrifty living blog, busybudgeter.com, talking about how you know, it was just natural for her to recommend lower cost alternatives to common household expenses and collect affiliate commissions on those recommendations. Uh, Tony DiLorenzo from One Extraordinary Marriage talked about his Amazon affiliate strategy and coming up with list posts like these are the 10 best Valentine's gifts for your spouse. So both of them and Michelle too are really just awesome at serving their audience, pointing out the products and services that can help them achieve their goals. I should point out that that takes work. It's not easy. Affiliate marketing can be passive income and that your results aren't directly tied to your hours, but it's that connecting work that that's what you get paid for, to find those pains and the problems that people have and then go out and find the solutions for them and then to make sure that your audience sees it. Takeaway number two is to optimize what you already have. So I've been going through Michelle's course and have some homework related to her top 10 posts strategy. There's definitely some room for improvement there. And also to look at my top 10 partners in terms of revenue, in terms of monetization, to see how can I get more exposure for them. They're proven to convert and there might be some easy wins, at least going through there. I think there might be some easy wins to increase the sales, especially using some of the eight different affiliate promotion strategies that she covers. And takeaway number three is to be upfront with your disclosures. I used to be kind of freaked out about the these FTC rules when they came into effect, but I actually think it'll help you convert more readers by being honest and upfront. Now, my understanding, and I'm not an attorney, is is that this is a bigger deal for review content and endorsements where your monetary relationship could theoretically taint your opinion than it is for, say, you know, writing up 
uh, podcast show notes and including an Amazon link to the book that your guest mentioned, right? Because you're not necessarily making an endorsement. So I wouldn't freak out so much about like, oh my gosh, I got to stop everything and make a disclosure statement. But still, like I'm going to be updating how I message disclosures on Side Hustle Nation and my other sites as a result of this call. And if you hit sidehustlenation.com slash Michelle, you'll find links to the FTC rules and a couple uh, Michelle approved examples, how she's messaging that on her site. While you're there, you'll be able to download the free PDF highlight reel summary with all of Michelle's top tips from this episode. Again, sidehustlenation.com slash Michelle. And if you want more, if you want to check out the Making Sense of Affiliate Marketing course through my affiliate link, I put together a little bonus called the Blog Traffic Guide with eight different methods you can use to drive traffic to your site because you got to get some people there before you can make your affiliate recommendations. These are methods that I've tested myself or my guests have used with some success. I thought the course was best suited for beginners slash intermediate bloggers, not necessarily the people who are brand, brand new and not necessarily the people who've been blogging for 10 years. Though, like I said, I did learn some things and it sparked some new money-making ideas. And I guess I'm not quite at the 10-year mark yet. So there you go. Um, So that's great. I think it's best for people who have some traction in terms of traffic and content and you're looking to get more strategic and more serious about your monetization. You can find my affiliate link for the course at sidehustlenation.com slash Michelle. You can check out the outline. You can poke around. You can see some of the testimonials that she's got. And if it's right for you, just forward your confirmation email to nick at sidehustlenation.com. That's my email. And I'll shoot you over the blog traffic guide bonus right away. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.